Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Everybody out there in internet land, it's the Sneaky Good Podcast. I'm your host, Poser, and we have a full house today. How's it going, Max? Uh, you know, what's there? It's it's all dead. Nothing's happening. Jeez, that is that, that is, breaks like every rule of radio right there. Just uh, you know what else is dead? Uh, I can't believe radio. It. Oh, bo- oh, bother! <laughs> like Eeyore just showed up on the line there. Zach, is there any more energy out there in Tennessee? Uh, yeah, there's energy. The Predators have won two in a row. We're back in the playoff hunt. It's only seven games. That's right, but, baby. You know. The Caps haven't, haven't lost in regulation yet, so we are now going to be a hockey podcast. The Rangers suck. They beat the Predators. They're still, still winning. No, barely. They're getting dominated, and they're like, uh, you know, let's if, if we can respond to Tom Wilson, we don't have to score goals. Leading the NHL in assists, by the way. Um, yes, once again, we're, we're going to be a total hockey podcast now because LSU lost to Ole Miss. Um, I think we all kind of saw it coming, but on a scale of 1 to 10, how disappointed are you in the effort? Uh, I mean, 2. Like, I don't care. I mean, like, I, I don't expect them to play for a fired coach in a dead season. Uh, and, like... You know, I would have liked to see them go show some more effort, but like Ole Miss is just so much better, and it's a, a much better game plan on both sides of the ball, and the players knew it, and they just kind of quit. See, Zach? see I, I'm going the other way. I'm going like a four or five. I mean, I never expected them to beat Ole Miss, but it's college football, and crazier upsets have happened. When LSU got up seven nothing, and then drove to, they got inside Ole Miss's ten, and uh, they went for it in the fourth and goal, and obviously they didn't get it. But you're thinking, man, if they can go up two scores and Ole Miss in the first quarter. And I also I disagree with one thing that Max said about playing for uh, a fired coach. I do think up until Saturday, uh, Orgeron had never lost to Ole Miss. And I think that meant something to him and that or had meant something to him for all those years. And I thought going into the game, you know, maybe he can rally them one more time to get get back at his, uh, his former employer. Obviously, it didn't work out that way, but – when you're up seven nothing and driving, you're thinking, Oh my God, is this going to happen? Yeah, I'm with you. I think they came out really strong and I'm look, if you're a fire coach and you're not a very good team, you go for it. I I don't think any of us are going to criticize that decision for going for it on the goal line. Um, It didn't work out. I thought the play call was terrible. I mean, there is a, it is a two part decision. um, And it's one of the things that drives me nuts. You call timeout to call that play. I mean, of everything you have in the bag, that's what you spent a timeout drawing up. But the actual decision to go for it, I, I think there was excitement on there. They drove down the field twice. They held Ole Miss's offense in check for the first two drives. And even without scoring it, it's 7 nothing. They're pinned on their old goal line. You're showing commitment to the team. There's all this momentum. And 
then there wasn't anymore. And those middle two quarters, uh, in the second and third quarter, Ole Miss outscored LSU 31 to nothing. So when it turned, it turned bad. Yeah, I mean, the the reason I, uh, like, the reason I don't necessarily care that, like, it, it turned um, is that, like, I, I sort of knew it was going to happen. Uh, they've come out multiple times this year with their, you know, their scripted stuff. Like, when you're a, a play caller, you have your first drive or two drives planned out. Uh, you're going up against, you know, their base defense as they, you know, feel you out. Um, often you have a little bit of success and then you have to counter their adjustment. And what LSU has proven time after time after time this year is that they can't counter the adjustment. So I realized that once Ole Miss, you know, adjusted to what LSU was doing, the game was going to end. So like, I mean, you know, I, I don't know. Like, I, I guess I had a little hope after they beat Florida, but Ole Miss is a different animal. And honestly, you're right in the Florida game, they, they had problems with the adjustments. I mean, Anthony Richardson came in the game and kind of torched LSU. Yeah, they really did. Like it, 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 it was just it, it was just that LSU had a big enough lead to hold them off. Yeah, the only and, uh, saving grace is that Todd Grantham also didn't know how to make any adjustments. Yeah, but yeah, let's. I want to go through this drive chart because it's really kind of amazing. It, it it really tells the story of a team. I don't want to say giving up, but definitely how about one that didn't make any adjustments. This is LSU's plays and yards by drive. Nine for 90, touchdown. 14 for 72, downs. At that point, they had held the ball for 11 minutes total and had seven points and had gained 162 yards. So things look good. Then comes the second quarter. Nine plays, 38 yards, missed field goal. Three plays, two yards. One play, negative one. That was a kneel down before the half. Three plays, negative three yards. Three plays, 18 yards. That's ended in a fumble. Three plays, nine yards. Five plays, 18 yards, ending in a fumble. So it would take one, two, three, four, five, six, seven drives after that missed fourth down conversion before LSU put together anything that resembled a decent drive. Right, because, you know, they they kept trying to do the same stuff in the run game. Uh, that they were doing against Florida, and Ole Miss started run blitzing it. They started playing up with their DBs against the RPO stuff that they had success with early, and they dared LSU to, you know, take shots off play action over the top, and they and they couldn't uh, because you know they don't have they don't have their their go to receiver anymore, and and they have some talent, but like you know they have these you know raw true freshmen that are are used to being able to get separation by just going out and out running somebody and aren't really that advanced technically yet. Um, and, you know, you can't you can't just really spread things out and have them go win one-on-ones vertically like that, uh, at least not yet. You have to manufacture releases. You have to get into bunches, run some switch releases, all that stuff, which they just never did. Uh, they just kind of kept going out in the same stuff. And on defense, they stayed in the same fronts and Ole Miss just ran inside zone on them over and over and over and over like it was 2015 uh, and Lane Kiffin had Derrick Henry back there. Now, one thing from the game well, is that LSU, again, was short almost in its entire defense. And, you know, Boutte is now out for the season. Um, Anthony Bradford on the offensive line is now out for the season. Uh, Bug Strong just entered the transfer portal this week. So the question is, how much of these injuries are just really poor conditioning? How much of it is bad luck? How much is people making a business decision and saying, hey, I've 
uh, I'm tapping this one out. And it doesn't seem like there was a lack of effort if you look at the Florida game, even the early start of the Ole Miss game. This wasn't a team that just came out and just didn't care. But has Orgeron, I mean, he's fired, obviously, but has he lost the team? Because this was a team that a week ago on Twitter was, you know, rallying behind him and saying, hey, this is a great guy. You know, they said this is the best coach I've ever played for. Do you think it's starting to hit the players that a little bit of give up? You know, you got to think a little bit. Like, uh, I, I kind of feel like, you know, maybe. Maybe maybe they were just so much worse than Ole Miss, uh, which is very possible. But, like, I feel like once you get on the field, you kind of realize why the guy is fired. Uh, and it's easy at that point to sort of, you know, check out a little bit. But I do think with the injuries, a lot of people are sort of making business decisions. Uh, and I think it's kind of a mix of all of those things. Zach? Yeah, the way it was put, um, Orgeron said that Bradford is – he specifically said the word unavailable. He didn't further uh, elaborate on it from what I understand. Uh, to your point, the poser about like what effect is taking place, like Glenn West of uh, LSU country, the sports illustrated uh, kind of like our version of sports illustrated. He said that LSU didn't have enough healthy bodies to practice this week. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, so like, and, and you're, and you got to do this for how many more games, five more games, six more games. I just, I don't know how this is going to work anymore. Um, and it kind of yeah, makes this me wonder. Feels like... I, I was just wondering, I don't disagree with it's time to move on from Orgeron thing, but I'm starting to wonder, does he even need to be on the sidelines? Well, the problem is there's no one to take the job. Like, I, I think we were talking about this last week, is that one of the most damning things about Orgeron is that there's no one on his staff you can point to and say, hey, that should be the interim except for Corey Raymond, who apparently doesn't want the job. So there's just no one to, to take the hit. I mean, I, I think he's doing this for the good of the school. He, he's standing up there and he's like, man, I'm, I'm taking it. But this Ole Miss game kind of feels like, particularly we're going into an off week, you're going to lose, you know, people are going to go out and go fishing this weekend and have fun. And it's going to be a week without LSU football for the fan base. And it's going to be hard for people to come back because it's not like normally we're all getting hyped for Bama. And we're all kind of dreading Bama. <laughs> like that's not, and Bama is going to do horrible things to LSU. Just horrible, horrible things. Oh, God. And then you got to play off the string. And in the past, good LSU teams have lost to Bama and kind of threw in the towel afterwards. This kind of feels like a breaking point where you could – really see things start to spiral out of control. This is also uh, LSU's first trip back to Tuscaloosa since Ed said, uh, this is our house. We're going to kick their ass every time we see them from now on. I'm, I'm sure Bama fans don't remember that, though. No, no, they, they have very short yeah. memories. They have a great sense of humor, I, I think. Uh, but honestly, I don't even think Bama – like, there's no trash talk about this. No. I haven't seen any Bama fans. Like, what's the point? Yeah, what are you trash talking? I mean, it's sad. I want Bama fans to hate us. But they, they're just kind of they're worried about they're, they're taking this year. They're trash talking Georgia fans right now. Yeah, I don't I don't like that at all. I, I need them hating us. Like this goes back to my theory: no one hates Vanderbilt, well, except for Tennessee. But that's because Tennessee's bad right now. Like being hated is a mark that you're good and that you matter. And right now to have Bama, which is the most insecure great fran- uh, fan base of a great team ever, to just not care about LSU right now is I think that's the part that hurts the most yeah, where they're uh, it's like SoCon weekend early for Alabama. 
God. Ugh. It's not SoCon bad, is it? I mean, there's still a chance, right? Pigs flew. 1993. Yeah, I was there. Yeah, but like, I mean, the funny thing is Alabama's like, Al- Alabama's good, obviously, but like by their own standards, they're not that good. Um, yeah. This This is kind of the year to take your shot at Bama. I mean, a bad Texas A&M team beat them with Zach Calzada at quarterback, which like, you know, quarterbacks like that never beat Alabama. Alabama, for the first time in like 10 years, is having trouble with pass protections. Um, and like, so they have like legitimate vulnerabilities that you could sort of exploit. They're not that great on defense right now um, either, but like seeing that and having to go up against all their Death Star teams with with good LSU teams and watch them, you know, break their seasons on those rocks to have them be somewhat vulnerable now and not be able to do anything about it sucks. And that is what to me sucks the most. I agree. Like, that's, I think, what kills me. It's like, there have been some great LSU teams. Hell, there was an undefeated LSU team that went into Bama weekend. And just, Bama got up for that game. It was it was their Super Bowl. And they knew it. They played like it. And they didn't just beat LSU in some of those games. They, you know, ripped out LSU's soul. And, I mean, there was some where LSU went in as a great, uh, Fournette's big year, where they went in as a, he went in as a Heisman contender. We went in as a national title contender. And I don't think LSU won a game for the rest of the year. I mean, they, you know, it, it was Cali Ma from uh, Temple of Doom kind of levels of ripping out your heart. I, I mean, Bama, they eat your soul. And this year's team, they're really good. It's still Bama. They're still a top 10 team. But I don't think this is eat your soul good. And for LSU not to have a team that can at least make them sweat. God, it hurts. Yeah, they're, they're like the third or fourth best team in the country right now, honestly. Yeah, and that's – yeah, poor Bama. We're talking about how they're not great, and they're still they're still going to make the playoffs, right? Well, I don't know. I mean, because they have one loss right now to Texas A&M, which is a bad one. Uh, well, it doesn't look that bad because A&M is isn't, – they're not terrible. It's bad loss by Bama standards. But, like, so they will have that loss, and if they go lose to Georgia, I think they're out. I don't know. We'll find out. Two lost teams. I guess. Has a two lost team? No, pre- there's no precedent for it. Not in the playoff. And you'll have Cincinnati, um, Ohio State. I strongly doubt is losing again. They look great right now. Um, Cincinnati probably won't lose. If they lose, they're out. Oklahoma probably won't have more than one loss. Um, Georgia. Georgia, of course. Right. The scenario is undefeated. Georgia looks great. Yeah, they're ridiculous. Hey, Pitt, baby. Pitt's undefeated. No, they're Wake not. Forest. And haven't they lost? Wake Forest is undefeated, though. Wake Forest, Wake Forest is undefeated. Forest. Who, 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 Wake, wait, let me see. I'm looking at Wake They've got to play the ACC championship. They would have to play, right? Yeah. I, I, who knows what the ACC divisions are? Yeah, I mean, that's – They play – they are undefeated right now. They've got a bye this weekend. They've got – or no, they just had their bye before Army. They've got Duke, North Carolina, NC State, Clemson, BC. They should win all those games. Mel Kuyper made Kenny yeah, Pickett his number one quarterback. That's not crazy. Yeah. Oh, oh, and I forgot. Pitt, Pitt does have one loss. They lost to Western Michigan. Yeah, that's Pitt. <laughs> <laughs> Pitt has wins over Tennessee, Georgia Tech, Virginia Tech, and Clemson, and they lost to Western Michigan. Yeah, Clemson's totally bad. Clemson sucks. Uh, Clemson's all uh, that Clemson Florida State game that's coming up. That just that's the depression. Moment. Yeah. I mean, we can talk about how bad things are here. 
But LSU is still in contention for a 500 season, we hope. Like, yes, yeah, so, so is Clemson, though. But, like, Cle- Clemson's in a similar position, I think, to LSU last year. But the difference is, like, if it continues to, to go wrong, I don't think they can fire Dabo. No, no, I think he's he's there. They're, they're, they're almost praying that LSU kind of swoops in there and takes D- Dabo, which... I don't want. You don't want. Yeah, no. Why would you right now? He, he's... It, it feels like the, the pixie dust has gone away. Yeah, I guess, you know, people started believing in them. Look, he just needs another great quarterback. They grow in trees, right? You just find another. Well, I mean, they, they, they ostensibly have one. I mean, that, that's the Burrow strategy. We just need to find another Joe Burrow. And everything will be taken care yeah, of. That, yeah, that worked, you know, that worked out for Coach L. God, it's just... And look, and it's not even football now. Like, soccer started the year top 10. They got all the way up to, I think, number five in the country. They have not won a game since. Oh, really? They haven't won, like, not one they're game? Gonna miss, yeah, they're going to miss the SEC tournament. Oh, my God. I mean, they, it, the the bottom has fallen out of soccer as well. So, and sell the kits. Seriously. Come on. Come on, LSU. What they're are you doing? They're not even wearing them anymore. What are you doing? Yeah, sell they're not even wearing Oh, God, they're so good. It's, you know, just everything's bad right now. We need, just need to get the, we need to get the basketball season because we're a basketball school and, and, and also fall ball for baseball. Yeah. That's what everyone's now going to pay attention to because Jay Johnson's bringing us all back. Speaking of bad in basketball, uh, Adam Miller towards ACL last week. It's yeah. a big blow for the yeah, 2021-2022 Tigers. Oh, man. Yeah. We, we need to work on uh, doing a basketball preview show, which will probably be next week because it's the off week in football. Um, but oh my God, just right now, things aren't good anywhere at LSU. Like, does anyone have any good, good news related to LSU right now? Uh, uh, <laughs> Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase are, are, are doing Yeah, they're well. so fucking good. Sure that's, yeah, that's, that's, awesome. that's, that's what we need to do. That's what we need to do. We all need to, as a fan base, Ignore Saturdays and pretend that the Bengals are LSU, and everybody will be a lot happier. Still Tigers, let's be honest. The Bayou Bengals. Bayou Bengals. They're now. And look, they beat my Ravens. That really hurt me. And I was still, I'll be honest, I was rooting for Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase. I was just like, it, it's too deep. I was just like, you go. Yeah, I'm trying to get you- to the uh, I'm trying to get to the uh, LSU Jets game this Sunday uh, in New Jersey. Jamar. So like, oh, yeah, go see. Just Jamar Chase threw Marlon Humphrey to the pits of hell. It was awesome. Oh, that was beautiful. That that oh man, uh, watching you know, Chase do that was just even as someone who is originally from Baltimore, I don't want to say I love the Ravens. I've got some conflicted feelings there, but I still root for him. He is the father of all those Alabama DBs. He is. He is, and was so beautiful to watch. Oh God. Yeah, Jamar. Bengals are uh, Bengals are pretty good. Like I'm basically a Bengals fan now because uh, like I watch all the games uh, and like you know I live tweet the games and everything. And I'm like, yeah, I, I guess I'm basically a Bengals fan now. Uh, so yeah. you know that's my college team right now. Yeah, it's just like and from co- the thing that kind of stinks about this, it doesn't stink about it. This is actually what's good about this. That this gives us a chance to focus on the rest of the college football season. Because this is a great year. Yeah, it is. I mean, just crazy shit's happening everywhere. And there's once again, we we're just talking Wake Forest. Wake Forest can go undefeated. 
Like the fighting Clausens, I'm totally in. Uh, Cincinnati, and look, it's not going to be a cakewalk. I think SMU is also on. I, I am so excited. I'm going to cancel whatever plans I have for that day and watch the hell of that, out of that yeah. game. Cincinnati SMU could be a play-in game for the college football playoffs. Wait, is SMU undefeated? I think so. Um, hang on, let's uh... – I don't, don't hold me to it, but I, I can't think of it because they beat TCU. They've been. I think so. I want to go to. Yeah, still undefeated. Have not lost a game. Yeah, they're not getting into the playoff, though. No, you know, but, you know, they have a TCU. They have a win on the road at TCU. Yeah, but that's, that, uh, yeah, that's if that's your best, like. Well, their best would be Cincinnati. Well, true, true. That's true. Yeah, um, you know, all of a sudden. I mean, and the AAC is not terrible. Like, there's some. I mean, I'm not saying it's a great conference, but if you stack the AAC up against, you know, the ACC and the Pac-12, it's not that different. I mean, I mean, especially the ACC with how bad it looks. Yeah, it's. I think it's a better conference. I mean, like, at least at the top. Of course it's better. Yeah. I mean, of course it's better. I'm not, you know, I'm not crazy. But I'm just saying the gap is not as huge as it was 10 years ago. No, I yeah, yeah. I mean, like, with – you know, the Cincinnati being the first uh, potential group of five team in the playoff, that story's fun. Wake Forest is fun, you know, as we kind of touched on. Uh, Pitt is fun. Uh, but I think, like, the big thing to focus on, at least for me, is the, uh, like, championship weekend's going to be unreal. Yeah. And look, the Big 12, Big 12's wide open right now. I mean, we're all focusing on Oklahoma, and Oklahoma's been playing with fire and somehow just keeps coming. Yeah, they, they, are, they almost lost to Tulane. Yeah, it's amazing. They've almost lost uh, several times. Uh, that can't even this weekend, the game against Kansas. And Kansas State a couple weeks before that, and Texas, they should have lost. Like, they're going to lose. They're obviously going to lose. Mean, no, they might not. I mean, this, when uh, going back when uh, Tennessee won the national title, this is how they looked. Like, every week they like pulled off some miracle. And this is T. Martin, Tennessee, right down to the uh, – I, I don't even know. It's just – it's insane. And But also, you look at the rest of that conference. Baylor's pretty good. Texas uh, – Texas is back. Well, I mean, they're not yeah. back. But Texas is pretty good this year. Oklahoma State's really good. I, there's a bunch of teams. Whoever Oklahoma ends up playing that championship game is going to be just as good as they are. Yeah, I, I, they, I think they uh, – I know they play Baylor regular season – at some point in November, that game's going to be very de- determinative. Uh, I think they're probably going to lose. I think I think that's that the one they're going to lose. I want I want it to be bet. I mean, Oklahoma State, Oklahoma, a meaningful bedlam game would just be great. It would that would be great, but Oklahoma State's offense is terrible, and they're going to get pretty exposed. So, like, and, and look, although Oklahoma's write, defense sucks, let's not write off Iowa State. They're still good enough to beat people. They had a rough start, but it was mainly because their schedule was front loaded. Wait, have they played Oklahoma yet? Uh, has I was that one? I don't know. Uh, nope. November twentieth. Yeah, I, I yeah, they, they're. I, I gotta think they're gonna lose one of these games. That's why I don't think Cincinnati, if they go undefeated, it's gonna have trouble getting in. Like, I think Oklahoma is gonna play themselves out of this. I think Oregon's probably gonna lose again. They aren't good enough to be, you know, upset proof. Well, who's in the Pac-12 gonna beat them? I don't know, like somebody. They didn't they who did they lose to? They lost to they lost to someone bad. Yeah. 
they lost um, to Stanford. Stanford. That sucks. In overtime. Yeah, and Stanford's terrible. But you look at the rest of the conference, I thought UCLA would have a shot to beat them. They did. But, they lost by three. No, they beat they beat UCLA. Yeah, but yeah, but they had a shot to beat him. Yeah, no, yeah, I, I very much so they had a shot to beat him. I'm just saying. Like, yeah, 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 I got you. I thought you, watching that game, I was like, when UCLA went up fourteen nothing, you're like, wow, UCLA is going to win this. But yeah, the rest of their schedule is kind of a come down. Um, Washington's still out there. Maybe if Utah can get their head out of their ass, but Oregon's probably going to. I I want them to lose to Oregon State. Actually, that would be the, the best game. <laughs> That's one of those things that's not happening. Well, maybe it might. This is the year where anything can happen. It's it's been great. You just sit down, you know, pop open a beer, get some popcorn, and with no pressure to watch the LSU game, it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, I mean, you really like you don't have to you don't have to pass up a better game for whatever LSU pathetic display is going to uh, is going to take you away from it. Like you just got to enjoy the ride, and because we're all going to be be wishing we were back in twenty twenty one. At least, you know, collectively as college football fans, when it's 2023 and it's, you know, the Alabama-Ohio State third national title game in a row. Yeah, enjoy this while it lasts is basically. So this is the best year for national college football. So while I'm not happy that LSU isn't very good this year, this is a good year for it to happen because I can just enjoy the whole season. Right. Root for chaos as well. Yeah, team chaos. Loki. You got – You got. I want to see at this point, like – now that I remembered they're undefeated, I'm all the way in on Wake Forest to the playoff. I need to see that happen. I really do. I so need Wake Forest. Can you imagine if they're deciding between Wake Forest and Cincinnati? Oh, my God. That would be so – or Cincinnati and Ohio State for the fourth spot? That would be hilarious. Yeah, that's already kind of come up on Twitter a few times. And if they screw Cincinnati on that, if they if an undefeated Cincinnati team misses out on the playoffs to a one-loss Ohio State team – Fans are going to burn this shit down. Yeah. Like that's just burn it down. And like Cincinnati, like Cincinnati is not your typical, you know, top 10 group of five. Um, Obviously in their ranking, that's not the case, but like they are legitimately one of the top three teams in the country. Like they are unbelievable and they are talented top to bottom. Uh, Like I think they can beat any of these teams. I really do. I I agree. Particularly this year. Like no one is scaring anybody. which is kind of the fun thing right now. You know, it's not. And, and, look, yeah. and, and even from an LSU perspective, I think what's good, not just at the top, just the mid-level is pretty good. It's like LSU, we're talking about how they're not a good team this year. But like Arkansas, who started off the season looking great, has now just been getting hammered. A&M is definitely a can beat anybody, can lose to anybody kind of team. You can't tell me with a straight face that Arkansas and A&M are so much better than LSU this year. Well, not really, but on the at, on the same end, like they're good schematically, and that's going to kill LSU because LSU is not going to be able to adjust to anything. Like they they're they're going to get their stuff taken away, and it's going to be a problem. So Zach, you think uh, LSU is going to go bowling right now before we get into November? Yes. See, that's that would have that would happen. The the they have to be they have to win one of those games. The, they have the to Florida win changes the whole trajectory because they need to beat Arkansas or A and yeah. And you get both those games at home, yeah. and why not? Yeah, I agree. Well, you know you, that's kind of my attitude. Also, 
and, and this is looking kind of far ahead, and it might not happen. But can you imagine if a five and six, a five and six LSU team is playing for bowl eligibility against A and M and Tiger Stadium? <laughs> Show up, people, for that one. Yeah. That would be awesome. I'll be there. Like, yeah, we're trying to get to Shreveport. Damn it! That's right. I want to go. Yeah, that's let's go to Rustin. <laughs> Oh my God! How have we gotten here? Yeah, no, I mean, God, it it really is. And look, a lot of things have happened. Yeah, but the injuries—I don't want to say—are entirely within your control. But that is, and I don't think if no one had gotten hurt, this team wins the national title. That's that wouldn't happen. But I do think Orgeron can legitimately point to an incredible string of injuries. Yeah, I mean, like I, I, you'd like it's hard to tell from the outside which injuries are conditioning, which injuries are you know avoidable, and all that stuff. But yeah, yeah, and which are just flukes. I mean, football is a dangerous game. We lost our quarterback because of a fishing accident. Yeah, after he got a after he got a hip injury, nobody's gotten before. I mean, yeah, that's just born under bad sign kind of stuff. Yeah, so, I mean, Miles Brennan's pretty cursed. Does anyone think that um, that Moffitt is on the hot seat? Because I, I personally don't. But you can also look at these last couple seasons of, like you said, some we don't know. Is it conditioning? Some are just Miles Brand slips and breaks his arm fishing. But with a new coach coming in, and and coaches have. I give them free reign to pick their staff however they so choose. He doesn't have to keep Tommy Moffat if he doesn't want to, but Moffat's regarded as like the best strength and conditioning coach in the country. Nick Saban tried to bring him to Tuscaloosa after uh, whatever their old guy's name was when he left to Georgia. But do you think a change is coming in that department? I would put it like this. I think the only person on staff who could feel confident that LSU would the new head coach would definitely hire him is Corey Raymond and maybe Mickey Joseph. Other than that, everybody else has got to be nervous about their job. Oh, everybody. Uh, I mean, and honestly, I think the best thing to do is just to fire everybody, even Raymond and Joseph, and then say new coach is going to decide who to rehire. Uh, These last two seasons, it is time to pull off the bandaid and just start fresh and if Moffitt gets pulled up in that, I mean, he, he's been the strength coach for, God, how many years? It's been all 20, I think, since, uh, I mean, since Saban, at least. He was hired in yeah, January least. of 2000. He is technically yeah. from the DiNardo staff. Yeah! The gift that keeps on giving. So, I mean, I'm not calling for Moffitt to get fired. I, honestly, I don't think the strength and conditioning coach matters that much. I think they're all kind of you know, just crazy, all of them. Um, but if he gets swept up in the storm of LSU cleaning house, I wouldn't be sad about that on principle. I mean, I don't want to, but I'm not rooting for the guy to lose his job because that's just mean. But this is, if you're going to clean house, this is the time to do it. Yeah, I think it's time. Just, you know, set it on fire. Yeah, and sometimes it's not you. It's not, you know, and also, like, there are good coaches on this staff. It's not that they're they're all just terrible at their job. It's just that, hey, we're going to – this is kind of going back to an argument that we were having 
when we hired Argeron, when, when we fired Miles, one of my big points is like, look, if we're just holding everything together, what are we doing? Like, why are we firing Miles to just kind of keep the band together? If things are so terrible, why are we keeping most of it intact? And this was a chance where the entire fan base was kind of fed up and, you know, we were really willing to clean house and we didn't do it. And I think we're kind of, I don't want to say we're in the same mess that we were in with, with Les Miles. It's, it's a little bit different. I think it's a bigger mess. It, it is. It is a bigger mess. But, I, but I'm also talking from a fan base. Fans are just tired of all of this. It's time to move on. And that means, and this is, it's honestly not even anybody's fault on the staff. It's, you know, it's, you're getting swept up in change and I'm ready for just new faces. Except for Corey Raymond. He can, he can coach forever. <laughs> yeah. Well, Corey Raymond could stay. Yeah. It's just, yeah, there's like, there's no game to talk about. Yeah, uh, the off week. Uh, well, I think we have a good shot against Bye, but no, we're not even going to play Bye. We can't beat Bye. <laughs> bye week has defeated LSU. <laughs> Man, I mean, like if LSU only changed up their fronts, they would have had a shot at Bye. I, I, think about that. Zach's right. The team is too injured to have its Tiger Bowl and conduct practice. LSU is unable to defeat an opponent that does not exist. It's it's getting to the point where what, what was the what was the stadium announcement during the Kansas Oklahoma game like if you're yeah. in the area come by it's hey if you're in Baton Rouge come put some pads on or dude, practice we uh we need some bodies please yeah dude we are getting to I mean Texas A and M twelfth man sting where they you know you call someone out from the student body to get killed I mean it's it's bad and yeah and that, that goes to if you're one of the players who's still playing. I mean, it's hard to keep that that energy up because, I mean, they can see. I mean, they hear the chatter. That you know, they're kids. It's got to be so. But also, like all of your teammates, like half of them aren't playing anymore because they're hurt. I mean, that has got to be so rough to try to keep playing right now. Yeah, it really does. Like what? Like it's. I mean, it's tough. It's certainly hard to watch. Like it's. It's got to be tough to wake up every morning early, you know, go into that football facility and, and you know, work your ass off physically, uh, you know, get in those meetings, do all the preparations that you need to do, you know, take away from your life as a student and a kid just for, for what feels like nothing. Yeah. And I mean, this goes to something I've felt a long time ago. I've always felt like the players who played under Curly Hallman are like the truest of tigers because these are guys who gave it all for just terrible coaches, terrible teams, no chance of winning. And they didn't kind of get the accolades that the rest of the LSU legends get because it's hard to play before a half empty stadium. And when no one cares and you know, you're, you're not playing for anything. And so I think the players on this team who are still going out there and giving it all and going to those practices and going to those meetings, that is an amazing work ethic that they have for, for no pay. I mean, you could say, Hey man, that's just being a professional. They're not even professional to keep putting in big time effort in a lost season, lost season like this is really remarkable, which is why I want to shout out Demone Clark. Cause 
Yep. He is put, putting up ridiculous tackle numbers. And there's some inconsistency in his play, but he has made some – even in the Ole Miss game, he made some huge plays in that game. Like, he is still going like a heat-seeking heat missile. And it's great to see someone who is still playing, you know, balls to the wall with 100% give a shit on a team that isn't going anywhere. Yep. And, you know, all the guys that, you know, do that definitely deserve, like, a ton of credit. Uh, I think it bodes well for them, you know, in NFL scouting. Um, like, you know, just just a guy you know is going to be, you know, invested and bought in. You know he has the physical talent. So I think that's going to help him. But, like, yeah, I mean, it's it's, it's yeah, definitely a big ask. Like, like, let's put Damone Clark's numbers in perspective right now. And I know tackle numbers can always kind of be a little bit fudged, but they're, they're ridiculous right now. He has 100 tackles right now. The number two player in the SEC is Bumper Pool for Arkansas, who has 77. Damone Clark's 23 tackles ahead. Okay, but maybe he's padding it with, like, the assisted stuff. Clark has 57 solo tackles. If you only counted his solo tackles, which really is a, a stat that you can't BS, he would rank 10th in the SEC in overall tackles if you just stripped away all of his assists. That's how many tackles this guy has. He is just killing it right now. Yeah, I mean, my 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 big problem is that, like, all these tackles have to occur, like, seven yards past the line of scrimmage he's yeah. getting run on but like you know it's not his fault yeah i yeah, know he i mean he's not responsible for the scheme and look he's still getting tackles behind the i mean he has seven tackles for a loss he's he's still bringing it seven tfls for a season is a great year for a linebacker yeah i mean the thing that sucks about you know damone clark's performance is that he's never been able to play in a real defense um, like, well, he did in 2019 as a freshman and he looked really, he looked like, you know, he got next, like he looked like the, he was going to be the next great LSU linebacker. Uh, he is, he is the next great, yeah, he's doing that's right kind now. of my point here is that sort of like it, it, it's not all his fault. Why? Like he's not like putting up, you know, insane grades, he's not putting up insane data or tape, but like, you know, it's, it's not his fault. Like he, I think he's been denied the chance to really play in this coherent system where he really knows what he's doing at all times. Um, and, you know, he's on a really good defense. Like, I, I, I don't know. It just sucks to watch that kind of talent, you know, toil away in a defense that is is getting summarily whipped by the opposing offensive coordinator. Yeah. I mean, what was supposed to be the strength of the defense, you know, the back end and the front end, uh, I mean, they're just a mash unit. Uh, I mean, I don't even know who can play defensive back anymore. Uh, we've lost so many defensive backs it's almost comical but the defensive front was also supposed to be a strength and they're almost all gone too so for a guy who was i don't want to say an afterthought his team he is he did get the number 18 jersey but he has lived up to that and if we're gonna salute anyone on this team if we're you know if there's anything that good that comes out of the season i hope it doesn't get lost as how well he played and how hard he played this guy should go down as a Tiger legend, even though he played for a bad team. He's made himself so much money this year. Yeah. And, and you know, like, does he get All-American love? Because I, I just, I wonder with... No, no, no. LSU, no, no, no. no he doesn't. He doesn't. He's not getting it. See, I, I just don't it, know how it works with... 
his numbers are great, but the the unit surrounding him is so poor. I don't know what voters like what they think of when they see that, how they weigh those. But I, I, I say, why not? I mean, he's leading the entire NCAA. I believe he's got a hundred. If he's not leading, he's at the top. So, and I know I know tackles aren't the be all end all stats. Yeah, no, he's 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 winning he's winning national. He has a hundred leads the nation. 57 total tackles also leads the nation. Um, his 43 assists do not. He's behind some other guys. But those are the, that's how people are keeping contact with him. So, yeah. Max, why yeah, do you say I, no? Well, I mean, for starters, like, I mean, he doesn't really – like, he's made a couple good plays in coverage, but he's also gotten burned a whole lot. Um, he's been, you know, he's been out of fits at times. Like, the thing that's tough about linebackers – is that like a lot of their big plays show up and their tackle numbers, you know, can be inflated by teams running the ball on you a lot, um, you being on the field a lot. Uh, and, and don't get me wrong, he is playing very well and he's playing with a ton of effort. But like, I can I can definitely name you like seven, eight linebackers that are playing at a higher level right now. Like Nicole Dean is going to be a first team All American. Okay, clearly. Uh, Jack Sanborn um, from Wisconsin. Uh, that other kid from Wisconsin, I forgot his name. Um, Bumper Pool is probably going to be like a third team All American. Um, Christian Harris from Alabama is playing really well. Uh, it depends on whether or not they're going to call Will Anderson a linebacker because he is a stand up edge uh, Jack linebacker for Alabama. Um, they tend to now make the edge rusher its own category. Well, if you do but- that, then he's going to be one of those. Um, and there are there are guys at uh, oh a Balen Specter from Clemson is really good. Uh, James Skalski is pretty good. That defense is ridiculous. That Clemson defense. So like there's there, 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 my, there are a lot of linebackers. I think my point is this: is that I don't think he's going to be an All American because you do need to have a good defense in order to be an All American. So he's probably not going to get honored, which is what makes it incumbent on LSU fans to appreciate him. Because yeah, the no, only like, people who I, are going to give him definitely agree with that. The only people who are going to give him accolades are us. So it's up to us to say, hey, Jamal Clark's playing great. Like, everything else has gone to shit right now. And, 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 <laughs> and my, my thing is that it's not – I didn't say that it's his fault that these things are happening. I think it's because he doesn't play in a system that, you know, is, is super great on assignments. And I don't think um, – he should be asked to carry running backs and tight ends vertically on wheel routes. Most defenses don't really ask that of college linebackers that much. So, like, I mean, they sometimes, but not not to this extent. Uh, so he's being put – I think he's being set up to really fail in a way that he isn't, and that's what he deserves a ton of credit for. So we're going to pause and not think about Bama for the rest of the rest of this. And as you say, see, we were able to get through an entire episode without uh, talking about the coaching search other than assistance. So we're going into the final month of the season. Obviously the biggest thing on, on our minds is whether they can reach bowl eligibility. Other than that, what do you want to see from the final month of the season? BTEC saying him. Just, just be exactly. Texas A&M. Yeah, because I think there, there's tears. I, I believe there, there's tears to the SEC. And yes, LSU is bad. They've been bad the past two years, but there's a hierarchy. And LSU 
they need to stay on that same plane and slash or above Texas A&M. And if you lose to Texas A&M for the second year in a row and, and it's three losses out of four years, not to say that the gap starts to close, but, you know, you can you can really start to tell yourselves, like, man, have we slipped past Alabama and Texas A&M? And it, has Auburn caught up to us? Has, the, has Lane Kiffin brought Ole Miss up to LSU's uh, level? Like, there's – it, that that A and M game is going to matter for more than just score reasons. Yeah, agreed. Right. So we, so basically, we're just killing time towards A and M. I think the other thing I want to see is just, I just want to see give a shit. Yeah. Uh, I want to see that Orgeron staying on doesn't lose the program, and I, I think he's done a decent job at that so far. But I think we're at a critical juncture. That Ole Miss game, it, you're kind of at a fulcrum. Bama's one you just got to write off, and it's it's how this team reacts to that Bama game. Yep, I mean, like, but we, you know, we had that conversation last year when they got beat, what, like fifty five seventeen. I mean, like, you know, they've been through this. Yeah, and honestly, they came back great from that. They they rallied at the end of the season wonderfully after the Bama game. So he's done it before. He can do it again, and but we're not asking for him to like, you know, run the table and get to a January one bowl. Just if he wants to, he can though. If he can, I mean, that'd, be, I, that'd be awesome. I, but, I don't think that's happening anyway. Like they have what four losses now. Yeah. But January 1st bowls and January 1st bowls. There's, there's so many. Oh, that's true. The Outback bowl is one of them. Yeah. 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 So what is the, uh, and, I, and I can't, it's so fucked. We're having this conversation, but what is the process of picking five and seven teams to make a bowl? We'll get into that. I need to look it up. I just don't know. It's based on the academic progress report rating. So it would have to We I have no idea what our number is now. But, I mean, it also depends on there just being not enough bowl-eligible teams in the first Mm -hmm. place. Okay. Like, the NCAA, with with certain exception, the NCAA really doesn't let bowl committees reach down for a – sub 500 team unless there's like some extenuating circumstance with the team or they're like like if it's down to the point where there are like lsu's five and seven and there are a couple sun belt teams that are bowl eligible yeah maybe we can get an exception and get in but they're not they're not letting a, a sub 500 lsu get into a bowl game over a five, over any available power five team yeah, it, no. It, yeah. Don't Power don't five gets exhausted for Yeah, and the only time I've ever seen I've ever seen it happen in the past is with some extenuating circumstances. So is it possible? Yes. Do not expect it if we get under five hundred. Does half the roster being dead count as extenuating circumstance? Uh, good question. Good question. No. No. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Damn it. <laughs> no, as a matter of fact, uh, people not being here will actually will actually contribute to LSU not getting picked up because uh, they still haven't fixed how transfers count on your APR score. So there are people uh, not here, not in our classes, who we would depend on to get that for that APR score to be high enough. It's a it's a mess. It's a big old mess, and don't expect it. And on that positive note, go Tigers.